0: Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, I looked in the mail. We finally got our absentee voting ballots. Unlike other states, we have mail-in voting, which is very convenient for us. So I don't have to wait six hours in line or 12 hours in line in other states to vote.
1: Yeah, we're very lucky here where we've been doing it for a long time, but I kind of get the way other states might feel because when they first started transitioning here, like it was kind of a big deal where people are voicing the similar concerns to what we're hearing nationwide. And um, I just hope that some of those states are contacting our secretary of state to find out how to make it run smoothly. And so, yes, I got my ballot as well. It's taken me a little bit longer to go through the voters pamphlet. I'm one of those people where I have to like read everything, otherwise I don't feel like I make an. Vote as you know. I had some stuff happen in my house, like oh, a flood. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm gonna have that ballot ready. So,
0: you're all, are you all done? I haven't even voted because I'm gonna send it out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Are you a ticket vote ballot voter or just a, just a down the party line straight through and through?
1: I would say I stick to party lines for the most part, but even within the party, there is variation. So I still think mm-hmm. there's a lot of research that needs to be done. I, For the most part, both parties are very similar anyway. I don't even know why they call themselves something different. They usually just differ on really basic things like education, military, you know, so mm-hmm. it's it's very mm-hmm. common. So it's it's the little things that matter, though, like if it, it's a politician now, like what their voting record is. And also, if they're not a politician, what kind of experience they have that might make them able to do the job
0: mm-hmm. and then also this is the first time i've heard of all these different mailing controversies mm. like in the city of sammamish the next city over where i live apparently people found sacks of ballots yeah. like bags of ballots left in a ditch this has never happened before all these times i voted it's just so crazy because mail-in voting is just i don't know to me just seems very secure but apparently not this year
1: yeah. This year's a big one. I'll be honest with you. I only drop my ballot in a ballot box from the election, department of elections. So, you know, I usually work downtown. So I usually just walk the three blocks to go to the King County building to drop it off. And if I'm not at work and I'm at home, I go to the library where the box is. And so I make sure that it just goes into the ballot box. I never actually use the mail.
0: Well, nonetheless, everybody go out and vote. Doesn't matter who you vote for. Just as long as make sure your voice counts. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Go on vote and I can't wait to see the results on November third.
1: Yeah, so exciting.
0: Well, since we probably don't have a Super Bowl party or anything like that, I guess we'll have a November election party. I don't know.
1: I know. We don't even have Halloween parties.
0: (laughs) It'll be a remote, remote November party. I don't know what that's going to look like.
1: Yeah. Nelson, unless you and I have a virtual candy eating party.
0: (laughs) We can do that. As I'm talking, I'm wondering if we had a November 3rd virtual party, what would we have? What kind of spread would we have?
1: Hmm. Well, we definitely got to get election cupcakes. I think cupcakes are a big election tradition for me.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it some sort of like red, white, and blue motif where we're doing blueberries and strawberries and like whipped cream or cool whip in between or something like
1: that? It varies by year, but Cupcake Royale always has the best like political cupcakes around the season. And so they usually run around two different sets, um, one for the primary, one for the general.
0: Mm, I like that. Yeah. It's kind of fun.
1: What about you? What do you think?
0: I don't know. Blue donkey cookies. That's blue what I'm Blue donkey
1: <laughs> cookies. That sounds rude. <laughs> or,
0: or red elephant cookies for the other party. I don't, yeah. it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it works. Yeah. That's how it's always red and blue, right? It's always red I'm trying to
0: think of something blue. like red, something savory, like. Red hot pot versus blue icing. I don't know what, like, what. What other thing can we do? I don't want to combine those two together. That's disgusting. Right. But we have to figure out something. Yeah, we we'll
1: have to figure out something. Like, what's okay. blue that's still good and delicious? Besides, like blue otter pops, which they're not even blue anymore. They're just they're all like that white
0: color. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can think of is icing, right? <laughs> so, like, some sort of blue icing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. Nonetheless, let's go ahead and get started (laughs) with the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Episode 110 of the Seattle Foodie Podcast. She's Monica. I'm Nelson. Monica, we do have a special show today. We're talking about some cookies, lots of cookies, in fact, as well as some other things. And then we have a fun interview with a book release and we'll talk about so monica i'll go ahead and start it off Mm -hmm. let's do it so as i mentioned cookies this week we got a delivery from crumble cookies that just opened this past wednesday in covington they just opened this week and on friday they were giving out free cookies and the line, looking at the stories, Monica, was out the door, outrageous. Congratulations to Crumble Cookies on the grand opening. My first impression when I got these cookies, they were gigantic. <laughs> they were huge, like almost the meat of my hand. That's how big, actually bigger than the meat of my hand. That's how big it was. So we, I got the Muddy Buddy, S'mores Brownie, Orange Roll, and Milk Chocolate Chip. And if you're looking for seasonal cooking, guys, they are right now having Caramel Pumpkin. Monica, what did you like about them?
1: I also like the size of them, but honestly, we we did split them in half so we could get good taste of all of them mm-hmm. in our house. And I, I really like the texture of it. So I'm always a soft cookie fan. If you have a crunchy cookie, there's very few crunchy cookies that I'll eat. And the ones that I do eat that are crunchier tend to be nostalgic ones. But in general, if I'm going to buy a cookie from a place, it's going to be a soft cookie. The one that you didn't get, the caramel pumpkin, I got that one. I really liked it. It wasn't too pumpkin-y. <laughs> (laughs) which is one of the things (laughs) and actually my son loved it and you know i mean he couldn't identify the flavor because he doesn't eat pumpkin so oh. I actually talked to him about it today and I said, tell me what you like about it. What does it taste like? He says, I don't know what it tastes like. The kid did not know what pumpkin tastes like because he doesn't eat <laughs> pumpkin. So it's really interesting. It was really good. you know. So I tried them both cold and warm and I like them both ways.
0: They actually, they're really best served warm. Mm-hmm. So you want to go out there if you're making it out there to Covington mm-hmm. and get some of those cookies. Monica, for me, I thought three days later, because there's so many cookies, and they're so big. <laughs> it took me three days to devour them, but they were still soft after mm-hmm. day three and yeah. which i really liked i like that too yeah and the s'mores brownie for me is when you warm it up it is really oh yeah gooey.
1: that marshmallow that f- marshmallow fluff is so good mm-hmm. and
0: yeah.
1: am i the only one who was surprised at like all the seattle foodies that went down
0: there <laughs> having this Well, yeah, I mean, just because you call them Seattle Foodies, Monica, they don't all live in North Seattle. They do live in the South Side, too, Monica, or maybe on the East Side. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's true. But, yeah, I mean, they got a very good, warm opening. And uh, if you're down in Covington, make sure you check them out.
1: Yep. Looking forward to
0: visiting. And then Monica, later this week, we have something to tell everybody about. Franz Bakery is giving back in their spirit of giving campaign. Previous years, Franz Bakery awarded 50 families and individuals in need this season. Normally during the holidays, but for this year, they increased it to 100 families and individuals, and they'll be awarding them each $500. How do you nominate? Starting this Friday, October 23rd, all the way through November 22nd, you can go to fransspiritofgiving.com and nominate an individual family organization to help Frans Bakery find those who are deserving in the community. In addition, Frans Bakery Foundation is also awarding 25 nonprofits that are 501c3 organizations, and they will receive $2,500 each. That's pretty good, Monica. I didn't know Frans Bakery was doing that during the holidays, but that's awesome. And they're increasing it from 50 to 100 in individuals or families that can win this year. I think that's
1: incredible um, for a locally owned company, owned and operated company in the Pacific Northwest to be doing something like that. It's it's really going to to help people.
0: Yeah, especially during this time during 2020, of course, mm-hmm. of, of all years. It's awesome that they're opening it up. Mm-hmm. Now for everybody that nominates, listen, all you listeners. If your nominee is selected, as a thank you, you will personally receive a one-year supply of Franz bread. Ooh. that's a lot of bread, Monica. That's a lot of bread. That's a lot of bread.
1: <laughs> that sounds exciting. Exciting.
0: Lots of keto bread. Lots of multigrain. Mm-hmm. What? What? What's your favorite bread? Those are those are my two favorites. The sourdough. Ooh, sourdough that's is really sourdough good too. Sourdough
1: is so delicious. It's dreamy. It's oh, I'm thinking about it right now. Now I want some bread.
0: Maybe I'll do two months of Hawaiian rolls if I there do one know. year. Of yeah. Red. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So go out and nominate com. You can put it there and it starts Friday, October
1: 23rd. All right. Let's do it. Now I'm gonna think about people to nominate. I need I need some free (laughs) bread.
0: That's right. Are we like the hockey assist where we told you and then when you nominate, so that way we get a little bit of the nomination? Is that is that how that
1: works, right? Maybe. I mean, you know, from the Ask Me Anything series, turns out a lot of people want to hang out with me. So maybe I can get an assist. (laughs) All right.
0: That's that's awesome. Hang out with you, but they don't want to hang out with me. That's totally fine. I'm okay with that. (laughs)
1: Everybody likes to hang out with you. You're
0: fun. Everybody likes to hang out with me. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess. I guess. <laughs> All right, Monica. Well, this week, what are we eating? How about you started out this week since I've been talking too much right now? Oh, you're not talking too
1: much. I love listening to your voice. You have a really good radio voice, Nelson. But I will start. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so,
1: I am getting ready for winter, Nelson. So the number of places I hit this week is quite frankly obscene. I don't know if you've been (laughs) watching my stories, but it is rude. So many places. So my son and I cracked a sweet nothings and mores version of a pinata cake. So it's a solid chocolate shell that you smash and fill with goodies. The one that we had was filled with truffles and caramels. And I've been telling Alina, the owner, that those caramels are really to die for. They are soft and buttery and they are so yummy. And so we pretty much fought over those. They were delicious.
0: It looks so cool. I was like, Mm -hmm. once you cracked it open, I don't know. It's one of those like desserts Mm -hmm. that people bring in and like you take the spoon and you just tap it from the bottom right. and everything opens up and it's right. it's really cool that's what it reminded me of when you got that
1: <laughs> it was really fun and actually you have to you have to hit it pretty solidly for it to crack mm-hmm. so Cole's first try um, it didn't work and I cut out the part where he used the F word,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the second one was, was pretty, it was a good swing. So he got it that time. It made him mad. So nice. um, check out sweet, nothings and more to order those. And Nelson, it's been a while before, since I've eaten that Katsu burger. Um, I've been eating a Katsu burger back since when they just had the one Georgetown location but so it's been a minute. And one of the reasons I don't eat there is because the burgers are so big. And so I always feel, you know what I mean? Like even the regular size burger is like, you got to be ready to eat that burger. And of course you have to get fries and a shake too. So, you know, you really got to be ready. I did have the Tokyo classic with nori fries and a black sesame shake. And it was delicious. Like I forgot how good those burger patties are. Cause they're katsu fried. And mm-hmm. I can't believe I actually made it through and ate it all. I mean, it was
0: bomb yeah so good, so good. ninja deluxe and the ohio Gozaimas is my favorite oh, yeah those two are my favorite and then if i get really hungry which is on a rare occasion maybe the tokyo <laughs> tower that's right. the usual, usual one to get
1: i can't do those big ones Whew. yeah meat sweats <laughs> <laughs> Okay, next up, uh, Milton sent me some organic cheesy cheddars and they're made with real cheese. So in my house, we've been nibbling on them. We have to agree. They are very tasty. I'm actually trying to figure out like a sweet pairing um, that I'm going to make a dip out of to eat the rest of those. But it was delicious because, you know, I'm like you. I like salty, savory snacks around the house. Not that I don't like sweets, but somehow when I'm at home, I have that salty mouth. Um, so I really love those savory flavors. And so they have three different flavors, uh, white cheddar, they have a spicy, and then they have a regular. So, so good. And they're the right size too.
0: Wait, yeah. when you say salty mouth, every time I hear salty mouth, it means that you have a lot of curse words coming out of your mouth, not like <laughs> salty mouth as in I like savory salty food.
1: Um, well, you know, for me, that word is transferable. So I have both kinds of salty mouths. <laughs> okay.
0: Play it both ways. I get play, it. I play it
1: both ways. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out on that, Nelson. Mm Okay. So well, I just, just said, like,
0: I have a salty mouth. It's like, well, what does having cheese crackers have to do with all these curse words? All oh, these curse
1: words. About. And apparently, your son does too. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, thanks for calling me on that. It means both. I think Friday was the most ridiculous day I had. So I took a trip down south, and my friend Michael and I, we tried to go to Jollibee, but it was still closed. Apparently, it opened at 9 30 this morning, and there was like a huge line that I decided I was not going to buy brave so uh, jollybee i love you i will be by as soon as i can but it's gonna be a while Mm -hmm. we ended up eating at grill city inside seafood city i've never eaten there before have you
0: i've only gotten stuff from their case from their warm food case i haven't i haven't sat down i've always gotten to go
1: yeah so they still had like a case off to the side but then we actually like sat down there they Mm -hmm. have really you know i'm a fan of meat on sticks, actually all food on sticks. So we got pork and chicken and I have to say the veggies really weren't that great, but those skewers They were delicious. I mean, those are the kind of skewers I want to learn how to make. Hmm. Surely I can do that. So after lunch, I wasn't done. I stopped by Lamb's Seafood Market. And I've never been there before because it's pretty new. And you know, Nelson, I'm down south all the time, just all the time. And (laughs) I went to go visit Go Poke, and I stocked up on musubi. I got a bowl. I got classic ahi poke. And of course, Dole Whip with Mui and a gummy bear. That was really Mm. good. missed it so both the Tukwila and international district locations are open and I had to stop by Dochi because it was right next door to go poking there's no line and I got um, actually half a dozen and so for Dochi the international district one is still closed temporarily but I couldn't pass up a chance to get flavors like matcha pistachio so so good so glad I got that that
0: sound like a good flavor
1: yeah that nutty flavor was so good and what else? Friday. Oh, Tulu. So Tulu fed me a sampler of their fire roasted eggplant, the choka, spicy lentil soup, lamb and chicken. And so it was really nice to get a little sampler and Nelson, you know, we recently tried the Wagyu beef and I don't know about you, but it was literally fire. Was your spicy.
0: It was a little bit spicy. Yeah. yeah I noticed that. <laughs> like I, I didn't know that because when I got, it, I was like, Oh, okay. I had yeah. a little kick to
1: it, but yeah, <laughs>
0: definitely spicy.
1: Yeah. What I'm loving is that I've been eating at Tulu since they started on the streets last year. They started South Lake Union Saturday market and, and now their food has that spice that really more aligns to the type of food that they that they cook and want to make. So if you need a little spice in your life, you got to check them out. This past weekend, they popped up to Lake Union. So keep an eye out for that. But yeah, I'm loving that spice. Mm -hmm. yeah so good okay just a couple of mentions these are are places that i've been to that i've mentioned before um i went to momocha at fremont sunday market as well as ooh, we're gonna talk about this later nelson because i see it on your list Mm -hmm. uh, tijuana tacos i also hit up where you at matt for my nola fix Agua Verde Cafe, because pozole, it's pozole season, and Tutabella Mm -hmm. for my son. And so just hit up those places and some guilty pleasures for the week. Count
0: Chocula, because it's Halloween. I eat Count (laughs) Chocula every year. Do, Do you like any of those cereals? I get the Cookie crisp one. Cookie isn't Christmas. that part of the Conchocula? Isn't that part, part of the Conchocula series? Or which one's the strawberry one? Frankenberry. 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 I like Frankenberries too as well. That's yeah. a good one.
1: And then the other one is like, isn't it Booberry? <laughs>
0: yeah. Blueberry. I can't remember. It's been so long in that <laughs> whole series. But I do know conchocula, blueberries, yeah, and then Mm -hmm. frankenberries. Yeah, that makes sense. I know,
1: right? (laughs) And then I also got some chicken McNuggets. And apparently people in the city are really divisive over sauces. I got so many messages of hate, like, why don't you have sweet and sour on this list? I was like, whoa, calm down, guys. It's just sauce. But no, yeah. sweet
0: and sour is the number one, Monica. Okay. I've been I ate sweet and sour ever since I was a child. It, it's been, but I've transitioned. I like hot mustard, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and Kenny um, feed the pudge was telling me about hot mustard. He goes, Monica, that's fire. You, have you tried it though? And yeah. it's like, okay. So it turns out. So so here's what I'm going to do, guys. Next time I eat chicken McNuggets, I'm going to do a sauce tasting. I'm going to every sauce they got. I'm going to do a tasting and then do a poll because yeah, I got some hate mail over like only having those two choices in my poll. Wow, food people are like passionate about stuff.
0: <laughs> if I had to rank it, it would probably be hot mustard, sweet and sour, mm-hmm. barbecue, and then honey mustard. Yeah. Because only because honey mustard was just recently, recently as in like the last 10 or 15 yeah. years that they introduced it. 29. It wasn't one of the original three no. or original four. And those would probably be the, how I would rank mine.
1: Yeah. And the only other place I visited, Nelson, is soy at Kirkland Urban, and you'll be going there this week, so I figure we could recap it on the next show, if that sounds good. Yeah, let's bookmark that, and we'll talk about it next week.
0: Absolutely.
1: All right, so that's a lot of food, Nelson. When I was writing it down, again, I was a little ashamed of myself, so um,
0: what have you been eating? (laughs) Yes, you should be ashamed of yourself, Monica. How embarrassing that you support all these businesses, these small businesses. How embarrassing! Shame on you! Shame! 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 Shame!
1: Shame! Oh my goodness! I'm guessing
0: in four years or five years, when people say have that reference, people won't understand what that is. Feels just like what, whatever, whatever. Okay, boomer. It's one of those things.
1: I still have regrets over watching the last three episodes. Oh.
0: All right. So for this week, it started out at the Pike Place Market. I went out to Made in Washington's store for pyometry, Lauren Coe's book release and Facebook live virtual demo of her no rings attached tart recipe. We're going to talk a little bit more about this later in the show, Mm -hmm. but uh, I was with Annie Eats Food, What Jesse Eats as well as Emerald City Eater. We were a select few that were in the Made in Washington stores. Now it's kind of fun. I I can't believe how easy it was to make that tart. I want to make that tart as well as some other things. And we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. While at Pike Place Market, we stopped by Le Penier Bakery and Michu. Monica, I know you're not a sandwich fan. Everybody knows after 110 episodes people should know by now that you're not a big sandwich fan <laughs> but listeners if you are i think michu bakery they make some of the best sandwiches in seattle i'm gonna say it right now it's in my top five list for sure in tops of top sandwiches i got the thai beef sandwich and i took home a tuscan chicken as well after that we went out to fremont bowl most people know about their churashi bowls at fremont bowl but i actually got the mixed katsu which was actually pretty good with pork loin and chicken cutlet highly recommend that if you guys want to change it up. Up a little bit and don't want to get that trashy bull.
1: Yeah, um, you're right about the sandwich thing, Nelson. I mean, I don't eat sandwiches there, but I know a lot of people who do. But there's always plenty of things in the case for me, and that's why I love going there. They have a really nice selection of salads and other dishes. If you guys don't like sandwiches, there's lots of things there for you to get. And yeah, I was a little jealous because like Fremont Bowl is kind of close to my house, so kind of kind a little FOMO there. Yeah, <laughs> only because I haven't been there in a long time. But, you know, I suppose I could go anytime I wanted. If you're so close, you could just go,
0: Monica. Right.
1: Ha, 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 I know. I'm always on my way somewhere when I drive by, so. <laughs>
0: Thursday didn't have to go too far as I joined Bam Bam Lamp Chops and Emerald C D year again at Green Iron Ma- Mongolian Grill. All right, I know, I know, guys. I'm a hypocrite saying I didn't like Mongolian Grill on the previous show. But this place actually had good reviews and their protein choices were not frozen, which I like about it. And my protein choice was salmon, which I normally don't see as an option. So that was kind of interesting. So. Mm-hmm. Iron Mongolian grill. We also went to Happy Lemon and I got a watermelon slushy with crystal boba and crema. Monica, let's spend some time here. I think I'm gonna be in the minority and it's a hot take, but I think crema is the most unnecessary thing in boba. Prove me wrong. I feel like this is the equivalent of coffee, and people add whipped cream and then call it a frappuccino. It's disgusting. I don't like it. <laughs> I like or it. even or even adding cream to your coffee. You guys, if you're old, <laughs> just drink it black. And enjoy the coffee beans and how it's roasted. Don't add any of that sh- extra sugar or cream, but don't listen to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I
0: order black coffee, people
1: kind of stare at me or else when I order an Americano, this is what I hate, Americano, do you want room in that? No. No room. No room. Americano, coffee. no
0: room. Come just on. coffee.
1: Otherwise, it's not an Americano.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do I want room? I should slap you. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, so I like crema and it's po- possibly one of the reasons I like crema is because I didn't have a lot of experience with it. I mean, so to me, it's pretty new and I like, I, I like it salty because <laughs> I like a lot of things salty and I like the contrast between textures and and the salty and sweet and so there's two contrasting flavors that i like and so i do like it but you know nelson i don't like crystal boba i tried it finally um earlier this year because i never tried it before i don't really like it do you like it i like
0: crystal boba mm. i actually like it over the regular boba because really? the regular boba is too chewy sometimes too chewy but, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay that's but- fair. But I don't know how they make the crystal boba, right? I don't know yeah. how many artificial flavors right. or ingredients that they're using. Right. I don't know. It's probably reduced three years of my life just eating one serving of crystal boba, but yeah. it's okay. I drank crystal Pepsi, so that probably took off five years of my life. So that's totally fine. Crystal Pepsi.
1: Oh uh, yeah, so I'm in the crema camp, and uh, you're saying this, and you know, like our friend Boba Eggs listens to the show, right? Yes. All right,
0: she does, and mm-hmm. she's already told. She's always told me why crema is the purpose of crema, mm-hmm. but I still don't listen, and I still don't. <laughs> agree with her. I was talking. <laughs> Good. It's just adding cream to your coffee, guys. This, no. this is crema. And the worst part is I asked them, can you just not put the crema in there? And you know what they told me? It's like, no, the crema is necessary in the drink. And I told them, no, it's not. It's you're, not necessary. You're going to drink
1: it the way we make it, Nelson Eats. And you're going to like it. And if you don't, there's
0: a door. <laughs> oh I my thought God. you can customize your boba. Like it's required for you to have the crema in there. Because like... You
1: Come can customize on. it unless you take out something that they like. Yeah. <laughs> and then the no. You know, I was talking to somebody about uh, boba eggs just a couple of days ago as someone that that I like as a friend and think she's really cool to hang out with. And then the person said to me, why are you hanging out with like such a young person? <laughs> and I'm like, <all>, wait, <laughs> what?, I'm all, is that a knock on me or her? Like I don't know. I'm just like, I just think she's
2: really cool. so
0: anyway we're having lunch in two weeks i don't i don't see the problem yeah if you're if not familiar all our foodie friends their age ranges vary all the way from 21 years old to older mm-hmm. and i'm not going to mention but it's, <laughs> it's just different mm-hmm. and if you notice it's most of these people are in their mid-20s mm-hmm. to early 30s and that's totally fine
1: yeah That's
0: what
1: I said. Okay. What what else you got? What else you got?
0: Finally, on Friday, I went to Q Cafe in Issaquah and I picked up a mini strawberry vanilla cake from V with Love Cakes. But the main reason I was out there up in Cougar Mountain, Monica, is for Tijuana tacos that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Their food truck, which their brand new food truck was out on Cougar Mountain and they brought chorizo for me. They called it the special VIP (laughs) <laughs> yes menu chorizo which is awesome so i picked up some glorious glorious chorizo breakfast burritos at around 4 p.m this coming week i just want to let people know the tijuana food truck will be at the northgate Polyclinic on wednesday chuck's hop shop on saturday and the fremont sunday market on sunday monica you visited them last week too and then you visit them this week as well
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure so question for you nelson did they know you were coming to the truck that day
0: I, they did because I visit, actually visited them the previous week, mm-hmm. but I didn't mention it on the show. I for, totally forgot okay. it blanked on it. And they told me, next time when we come over, let us know and I'll bring some chorizo. So I messaged them the day before. Okay, cool. And they brought, cool. Then they brought me about a two-thirds container of chorizo. And it's like, awesome. perfect. Make me some breakfast burritos. So I got three of them. Yep. They were devoured very quickly. I didn't eat all three of them. I shared one with my my dad. So. You know, people
1: have been asking me a lot of questions about it because I've been posting it a lot. Here's the deal. I buy on Sundays and then I just put them in the freezer or I eat them right away because mm-hmm. they freeze really well. And so I eat them throughout the week. Even the breakfast tacos. That's one of my favorites as well. They're the right size. And um, it's just really good. And guys, they make their own chorizo. Yep. You can totally taste the difference. Nelson, how much chorizo have you eaten in your lifetime? I don't know, but I've eaten my fair share. Right. I mean, yeah. I've eaten a lot of crappy chorizo. I almost said a bad word, but I didn't.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> but that's where the difference is. It's always in the ingredients. So they make that chorizo and it is, as Nelson said, completely glorious. It is the best chorizo burrito I've ever tried. And I have less experience with these burritos than Nelson because Nelson, you you tend to eat a lot of tacos and ch- uh, burritos. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, like I love it. And like until I taste the better one, they're still the top. So yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah, and then they put tater tots in tater there instead of, instead of potatoes. Yeah, I'm not normally a fan of breakfast burritos where you put mm-hmm. potatoes in them mm-hmm. because I always think potatoes are fillers. They're just yeah. fillers for me, right? But yeah. these actually are really good really with is. the spiciness of the chorizo. Mm-hmm. And I ask for hot sauce. You can ask for the, the medium sauce or the mm-hmm. mild sauce, but I always ask for the hot salsa, mm-hmm. and that makes it really good with the eggs. hmm Totally. Yeah. So, just one correction: they're not actually
1: at Fremont Sunday Market. They're near Fremont Sunday Market because near um, Fremont. Yeah, because because the, the market isn't open to food trucks, and so they found mm-hmm. another place to park. Uh, just you know, very close to it.
0: Okay. All right, Monica, that's basically everything we ate. Very embarrassing for all of us because we ate a lot. <laughs> Shameful. Shame. shame our sh- this is our 110th shameful episode. Shame. Yes. <laughs> That'll be the name of the episode, shame. <laughs> okay. Fun interview. Tell us about it, Nelson. Yes. As I mentioned earlier, our interview this week is with Lauren Coe, Loco Kitchen, and Newest author, Lauren is known for her amazing pie and tart designs, and she just recently released her new book, Piometry, which is out everywhere where books are sold. Here's our conversation with Lauren Coe, author of Piometry. Hello, everyone. Today I have on the show Lauren Coe, otherwise known as Loco Kitchen. You may know her for her outrageous and I call it aesthetically satisfying pie designs on her Instagram page. She has a new book called Piometry. That's just released and is available now. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here to chat with you today. First thing I gotta say is your pies are so mesmerizing. I literally have to bring out my dad's old slide rule and my Texas <laughs> Instrument calculator to figure them out. But it's it's just like, how does she do this? I was like, I'm always looking at your pies. I'm so happy to have you on. I first think I saw you on like a Buzzfeed article or something like that. And I read, I was just like, she's from Seattle. I was like, and I just like, oh my gosh, she's local. This is awesome. This is even, (laughs) this is even way better.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's wild. And the internet has really made the world a tiny place. So
0: it's so cool. I I think I met you last year and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad you came on the show and congratulations on your new book, by the way, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes here. Thank you. Before we get started, can you tell us how did Local Kitchen all originate?
2: Oh my gosh, it was kind of an accident. So it's a funny story. So I actually moved to Seattle four years ago, the end of summer of 2016. And my professional background is in social work and nonprofit administration, Um, I was fun employed and looking for a job at the time and, you know, messing around on the internet as one does with extra time on your hands. In the course of that kind of like stumbling around, I came across some really beautiful pictures of pie on Pinterest. I thought, huh, that's funny. I've never actually made a pie. I wonder if I could do that. Um, I come from a family of what I call phenomenal eaters. And so I had a great (laughs) gift. Of growing up surrounded by food, eating good food, growing up with people who cook good food. But, you know, in my Chinese, Honduran, American family, not a lot of traditional apple pie, per (laughs) se. Yeah. So I'm sure we ate some pie, but I mean, of all the things that I saw my grandmother or my mother make, not a lot of pies from scratch. So, you know, I had all this time on my hands. I was like, oh, let me, I'll just try it. Let's see what happens. I made my first pie. It was a simple plaid lattice apple pie, and it was fine. You know, turned out okay. It was edible. It looked nice. I took a photo of it, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, But it didn't change my life. I didn't instantly become a pie lady or anything. It was just something I kind of added to my repertoire of things I was making for fun on the weekends or weeknights. Um, And eventually I got a regular office job as an executive assistant at Seattle colleges and was like living a regular person life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a year later, so August 29th of 2017, I started my local kitchen Instagram account. And that was kind of another fluke. Like, I just felt like I was becoming that friend and putting too many food photos in my personal Instagram account. <laughs> and I didn't want to be obnoxious about it. I basically started a new account just as like a holding place for photos of things I was making for fun or for myself or to feed people around me. And, you know, it was photos like summer salads and blueberry muffins and cookies. So it wasn't explicitly pie. It wasn't, you know, I had no intentions of it becoming anything at all beyond just a holding place for myself. And it just so happened that the first photo I posted was a geometric pie. And the rest is, as they say, history. Three years later, I am now a full-time pie designer. And it's basically completely transformed my life. And I just had no idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it just caught on like wildfire. And I'm just more impressed that you started getting into pie making three years ago or a little bit after that. It's not one of your like, oh, it's my grandmother's or my mom's old recipe that I started making pies when I was 10 years old with her or anything like that. It's just like recently that you started making them.
2: Yeah, it's this crazy thing where like as my account started growing, I felt like I was always playing catch up, both in terms of learning how to use social media properly, but also like Mm -hmm. learning how to make pies. I feel like I'm still learning and it's a process, but I mean, I guess that's life. We're always learning, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. Now tell us about your new book, Pyometry. It's releasing October 13th. By the time this airs, you guys should be able to get it. Tell us all about it.
2: Yeah. So I have spent the last two years working on this book, and I'm so excited and honestly kind of relieved that it will be finally hitting the shelves. (laughs) It is a full-fledged cookbook. So there are 10 tart shells, 12 pie doughs, 50 filling recipes, 50 design tutorials, 250 full-colored photos. Wow. (laughs) And I am just really excited for this to be in everybody's kitchens. It was written for... Professional chefs, home cooks, armchair bakers, and eaters alike. So, I like to say there's a slice for everyone. I know Mm -hmm. sometimes my designs look complicated, but they look more complicated than they are to actually execute. So, you know, again, I'm a self taught hobbyist home baker. So, truly, if I can make these things, anybody can. And I'm super excited to share these recipes and these techniques and tips and see what people make in their own homes.
0: Can you walk us through kind of the process of maybe a pie in your book that you have on there? Yeah, so we could talk
2: about my signature spoke, um, yeah. which has been like wildly dubbed the modern lattice.
0: Yeah, that's the one with the blueberries, right?
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think initially I made this a month into starting my Instagram account, and I was I'm always inspired by kind of the world around me and obviously drawn towards like geometric designs, straight lines, um, sharp angles, architecture, textiles, that kind of thing. And for this particular design, I was inspired by string art, kind of those like craft projects that you, you and I probably grew up with in yes. the like, <laughs> 90s and the uh-huh. 2000s. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of these pies that I initially stumbled across on Pinterest, they were really beautiful, but not really my aesthetic because they were floral and rustic and like lots of flowers and leaves and like little curly cues and also as I mentioned i was still kind of learning my way around pie so I figured any designs with straight lines would be much easier to execute than any sort of elaborate design that has curves or you know a lot of freehand cutting so for this particular pie it's just regular all butter pie dough filling's pretty simple it's all blueberries and the design is just you roll out the dough cut it into strips and and then kind of lay them on the surface as straight lines. And it looks like this curving spiral, but it's, it's a design that really takes maybe 10 minutes to lay on mm-hmm. the surface. So it's one of those things that it looks really cool, and you can impress all your guests, but really, it takes you not too long to make. And I feel like it kind of exemplifies a lot of what I tried to do in my book, and that, you know, there's not a lot of expertise or technique involved, maybe just some patience. Mm -hmm. Anybody can uh, attempt one of these pies and maybe take them to their holiday gatherings or not holiday gatherings since it's (laughs) the year of COVID, Yeah, Um, but to share and impress their family and friends.
0: Is that your favorite pie or what are some of your favorite pies you've made so far?
2: Yeah, I think that's one of my favorites and that has, you know, a lot of nostalgia and like meaning for me Mm -hmm. to think that something that started in my Humble little home kitchen has made its way around the world into professional kitchens, into um, other people's home kitchens, and has been kind of seen in a lot of different outlets. So again, as a regular person, that just continues to blow my mind. <laughs> that, like a little like seed of an idea that started here in Seattle has kind of projected everywhere. There's also this white carrot miso pie in my book that I really love. hmm I think one of the biggest ironies of this journey is that I don't really have a sweet tooth and I don't really love eating pies that much. And obviously now (laughs) I've reached way over saturation, Um, but I really like this one because it's not too sweet. It's not too rich. It kind of reminds me of like a light cheesecake texture, but it has that touch of miso, which makes it a little bit interesting.
0: Oh, I want to try that. I'm a big cheesecake fan. So if you say anything, anytime you say cheesecake, I'm I'm in
2: for Mm -hmm. that. I mean, it's not exactly like a cheesecake. I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, but mm-hmm. um, it's like a healthy version because it's made with all carrots. So you're basically eating a salad.
0: Is there any ingredients or fillings you haven't used yet that you're actually looking forward to trying in the future or kind of had a thought in mind?
2: Yeah. So I'm curious to experiment with kind of alternative baking ingredients. Like I asked about like gluten-free recipes and vegan recipes, and I just really haven't had the expertise or the time or the capacity to do a lot of experimenting with those kind of ingredients up to this point. So Mm -hmm. now that the book will be out and hopefully I'll have a little more Brain space to try different things. I would love to kind of explore that corner and at least kind of get my hands wet and uh, yeah, try some maybe plant-based butter products or oh, yeah. you know okay. some gluten-free flours or alternative grains um, and see where that goes.
0: Yeah, that'd be interesting to see how the pies come out if they mm-hmm. if they're any different or if just taste-wise and things like that. Just to kind yeah. of yeah, interesting to see how you do for recipe development for that. This is a food. Pie podcast so we always have to ask our guests what are we eating Lauren what are some of your favorite places in Seattle that you guys like to go eat
2: oh my god I love this question and (laughs) I wish people asked it more often because I love talking about it. yes Yes. Okay. So my latest obsession in Seattle is a pop up called Karachi Cowboys, and it's Pakistani soul food, and it is so good. So far, they've been popping up at Fair Isle Brewing on Sundays, and the seer just makes these dishes that you know we take out and we go home. My husband Ben and I just like sit at the table, and it's mostly silent as we're just snarfling down our food, just <laughs> saying like flavor all oh, the flavor flavor is so delicious <laughs> so that is my current obsession i also really love brunch box which is another pop-up they pop up that yep. opens up in greenwood or mm-hmm. somewhere out there i live in west seattle so anything outside of here seems really far away and yeah Removed from our little islands, but they're delicious and Asian owned. Um, I really love Asadero Sinaloa. I think there's an Asadero in Ballard too, but we like to go to the one in Kent.
0: Yeah, I like the Kent r- location as well. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. oh, the carne asada is delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also really like Tamari Bar and Ciudad in Georgetown. And my favorite spot for a brown butter, brown sugar bourbon cookie is Pink Knees. And I used to get them at our West Seattle Farmer's Market, but I think you can order online now that, you know, things have changed a little in terms of farmers' market landscapes and where vendors are. But that is one suite that I cannot resist.
0: <laughs> wow, these are really great recommendations. Some of them I haven't even heard of. Brunchbox their sandwiches are really good though. Their breakfast Ugh, sandwiches are Yes,
2: really and their empanadas. Their breakfast mm. empanadas. Oh, yeah.
0: These are great. I like I said, these are some recommendations that I haven't heard and we've done over a hundred shows oh, <laughs> in wow. some places. Well, have a... got some new places to check. Ah, I you do think about them. Yeah. Lauren, I love having you on the show. I have a couple questions, of course, to end it. Yeah. First of all, where can we purchase pyometry?
2: Yes, good question. So it is available everywhere books are sold. But for all my Seattle friends, or even people who aren't in Seattle, but are looking for ways to support local business, mm-hmm. I have partnered with the Made in Washington stores, and they are offering a number of signed copies, which aren't really widely available. And I have this tart in my book that has an everything but the bagel crust with a smoked salmon filling and a a tomato topping. And it's kind of a play on the lox and bagel. Yeah. And so I've partnered with uh, Made in Washington to offer a package. of. I think if you purchase their smoked salmon, you get a free book. So that's pretty cool. And all the books are going to be signed. I'm excited about that. But otherwise, uh, everywhere books
0: are sold. Great. They're not going to be like randomly signed with like someone picks it up, one's going to be signed and if if another book is not going to be signed. Have you ever had that before? You go to like costco and it's like you just randomly picked up the book and you open the cover it's like oh tom douglas signed this one okay this is interesting that's cool you know that's
2: like the golden ticket
0: yeah like the golden books
2: will be signs but i mean you never know maybe you'll get
0: lucky Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see the book. It's gonna be really excited. And I remember you told me when I'm when we had dinner at Siccetti last year, was like I'm working on a book, but can't tell anyone. I was like, okay, I, I won't tell anyone. For it's, it's taking me, it's taking me this long. I was like, okay, it's like when it came out, I was like, yes, yeah, she finally released it. It's so yeah, awesome. Yeah,
2: secrets out.
0: <laughs> um, final question: We always ask for everyone. Where can we find you on social media? Tell me where every all of our listeners can find you. At
2: yeah so i am on facebook and twitter but primarily on instagram It's where it all started it's where i put most of my work it's where i share most of my announcements and information so instagram at loco kitchen l-o-k-o kitchen
0: all right thank you so much for coming on again oh congratulations gosh. on the new book thanks so much for having me and thank you for the support and that was our interview with Lauren Ko. Her book, Pyometry, is out now, so get it everywhere. If you'd like a signed copy, though, Go to the Maiden Washington stores and you can buy it there along with some nice salmon as well. Monica, just viewing how she made that pie tart, the demo said it was from 11 to 1 p.m. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, it's going to be an intricate, elaborate style of making this tart. It's going to take two hours. I don't know if I've ever cooked for two hours to make something like that. You know how <laughs> long it took us? Less than 10 minutes to make that tart. I was like, oh, amazing. <laughs> I know what I'm making when we're out of the pandemic because yeah. this is awesome.
1: Yeah, it looked really cool. I mean, my my previous exposure to her was at another Made in Washington event that you and I went to, and we didn't get to see it made. And so it was that huge, like the world's biggest <laughs> charcuterie place. Yeah, yeah, it, was. And, and it was huge. When I show people pictures of that, they're just like, What is this? I'm what all is, these what is they, this? these are fillets of salmon sitting on a table. <laughs> and there's like <laughs> that was that was epic. But that's my only experience with her. And and it was already set up by the time we got there. So I was sorry to miss this um for an opportunity to actually or see her put one together but mm-hmm. um, it looked very colorful and very fun and of course you're hanging out with some of my favorite people so who can yeah. go wrong there
0: i was thumbing through the pages of some of the recipes mm-hmm. and they were very very simple I was looking through and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I'm bookmarking them with my little neon tabs, my post-it neon tabs as I'm putting them in. I was like, oh, I can do this. I can that's do that. Very nerd, easy." That's some nerd stuff right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Again, a- another bad word almost came out, but I held it back. <laughs> that's cool. I can't wait to see what you make, Nelson.
0: Yeah, well, it looks fun. All right. Well, that's uh, pretty much our episode. We're running a little bit long, so I'll cut it there. Monica, like you mentioned, I'm going to be out at, soy as well as other things so i'll be out and about and i'll be in seattle this week as well Ooh, yeah
1: seattle road trip (laughs) what about you uh i think i'm seeing you once this week um i think i'm gonna go to the pumpkin patch one maybe two times and uh, maybe get together with some friends
0: i saw some people going to pumpkin patches getting cider donuts and shooting apple cannons is that, is that yeah. a thing? Yes. <laughs>
1: I love the Apple Cannons. They're the best. Uh, I discovered that two years ago and I just have to have it. Like I love Apple Cannons.
0: They're great. So confession, I've never done an Apple Cannon, never gone to a pumpkin patch, nor have I ever been to, through a corn maze. I don't Ooh. do any of that stuff. No. But you have nieces. I don't that doesn't mean anything I don't think they've ever done it either what
1: (laughs) I get it though because I'm actually going with a friend and he's never been to one before because that just wasn't a thing for his family and that's why he wants to go he's just like I've never been to one and that's on my bucket list I'm all let's go
0: Let's go. You know, Asian families, we don't like to get dirty. We don't like to get in the mud. Come on. <laughs> we don't like to go out there. Dude, why, let me tell you. That's why my parents never took me out to the pumpkin patch. Blueberry
1: picking, apple picking, sunflower, pumpkin patch, 50% Asian people there. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Every time. When we went blueberry picking a couple of months ago, I swear it was like 90% Asian.
0: No. Asian people like to go oyster hunting or looking for gooey duck. Oh, I'm so jealous. So I, like saw, to- I, saw,
1: I saw somebody getting uh, getting some clams this weekend. Oh my goodness. Yeah,
0: that's what we do. But anyway, I've never been through the corn maze. And ever since I heard that story, maybe five years ago, some corn maze in Iowa, these people got lost, so lost, they had to call 911 to have someone rescue them out of the corn maze.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> they did like the Hansel and Gretel. They dropped breadcrumbs, got eaten by birds. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, that's scary!
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's funny to me, but that's just me. Yeah. All right, everyone. That's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. Go out and vote. Throw that vote in the ballot box there. And of course, happy eating, Seattle.